0: I knew that there was something that was greater than me that I needed to move towards. But as things will have it, I wasn't making a move and I wasn't doing anything and I wasn't like making the plans. So the universe will throw you little pebbles. And if you don't listen, they'll give you a boulder. Here we go. Here we go now. Here we go now. Smelly pity girls, <laughs> coming at ya, dude. Me and Justin the other day we talking about. Um, he like turns around. I don't. Oh, I was talking about. There's a girl in my high school. Did I tell you that? She had the screen name Lil Miss Pimpette Junior. Way back when. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yo. So we were in high school That's ahead of her time. Ah, uh,
0: she's a, she's a a MVP. visionary. Lil. Lil Miss Pimpette Jr. So she had, she was Lil and Jr. Two, two amazing things. (laughs) Miss Pimpette. Dude, so just we're talking for like half an hour about how big Pimpin' was when we were young. You would like say, did you guys, all girls school, so it's probably not. Public school, dudes would be like, what's up, Pimp? Literally all dudes would be like, what up, Pimp? What What up, Pimpin'? And like Big Pimpin' was the song. Yes. Um, (laughs) What would they call girls, anything? hoes maybe and tricks honestly so like can you imagine seeing like seventh grade boys being like what up pimp (laughs) like what the fuck what other songs were going on but like pimping was so big you'd be like i'm just pimping like she had a screen named lomas pimpette like i guess girls would be pimpettes i think there was probably like clubs that were like pimpettes that is insane isn't that hilarious like yo literally ohio town of however many little boys like little boys that have no idea what they're saying are calling each other like pimps
1: and just the way everyone dressed i remember like the popular group in i mean it was in like fifth and sixth grade and they were wearing the jankos and the chains and the gelled hair and like the chokers but like That was so cool. I'm just thinking of parents looking at this group of kids being like, oh, holy shit. I think it started with Jay-Z, Big Pimpin'. Okay. And then it was P-I-M-P.
0: I I don't know what you Uh, heard about me. But a bitch can't. And then it's like little boys that are like, but a bitch can't get a dollar out of me. Like, (laughs) what the fuck is going on? How hilarious is that? And then I was thinking about too how in eighth grade, the big, or what was the, butt? I like Big Butts. That was like an accepted Mm. song as being like normal was it
1: probably did you guys have dances because it was kind of like silly yeah
0: exactly
1: it wasn't like hey get your ass in my dick yeah
0: it's like (laughs) hey get a bbl
1: for that big butt (laughs) yeah it was kind of like a funny song it was like a goofy it was like Um, i because it said butts i guess like in eighth grade we had dances but i was at an all-girls school so literally it was just fucking censored the whole thing really it was my hell not that I was like a bad kid, but I was just like, what it, if what we're not going to do it. Right. Why are we doing it? Yeah. Why is there a nun in the corner? Uh, <laughs> the boys dude, would come in like my cool, out. my cool boy, like guy friends mm-hmm. would like totally do me a, a solid and come to these dances and they'd walk in like, wow, like, what do we do? Yeah. Like, would you, could you guys talk? Yeah, like, we could talk, we could but no dance, dancing. but like all of a sudden like a nun would be in the middle of the dance floor because some people got too close and you're just like, okay. You're Ah. like,
0: um, he's actually about to jizz all over these pants right now, ma'am. So you came in at the right time. We'll
1: take it to the backseat of the car. Yeah. Honestly. (laughs) This is what I did. (laughs) I think I tried. What? The car, but. It gets so hot. You go from being hot at a dance to hot, hot in the back of, seat Civic, of a car. <laughs> it's just, no, 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 no. Like it's, oh like, yeah, it's yeah. actually temperature hot.
0: Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like, what position can you even
1: do? No, the boys just benefit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But at that, that time, yeah, I guess you don't even really know that you can benefit. You don't know what's going on. Dude. I literally was like, what is that? Bleah,
0: bleah, bleah. <laughs> Teenagers having sex. Bleah.
1: Ew. Gross. Gr- Gross. <laughs> Meanwhile, we couldn't wait to have sex when we were teenagers. Ew, I guess. Yeah, I was like I couldn't I don't know. No, I, I didn't. Like, I don't mean I can't wait. It was more just like a rite of passage in yeah. some way. I don't know. It's Whatever works up. for you guys, though. Wouldn't it be cool if you're we both virgins right now? Yeah. <laughs> we have this podcast
0: called Almost Not Virgins. <laughs> And we tried almost to have sex penetrated. the whole time. <laughs> yeah, almost penetrated, and the whole the whole time was talking about our build up to having sex for the first time.
1: <laughs> oh, we were like, God. "Oh, so today I shaved my legs." <laughs> this is a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, going rogue. Going rogue. Oh, what
0: the fuck are we talking about today? Oh yeah, it's you, baby. It's me, baby. So I um kept getting like. Message. I've gotten a lot, of, a lot of DMs, and there's been lots of messages in the group, and we've gotten some emails about talking about me quitting my job.
1: Mm-hmm. Everyone, Please do a little be.
0: raise the roof unless you're driving. And so, I wanted to walk you guys through like my career trajectory and what. I did to quit my job, kind of the some experiences along the way that I think you guys can relate to that. You can maybe learn from some of the mistakes that I've done. And then talking about building almost 30 within that up until the point where we could, um, take it full time. So
1: relatable. So proud of you. Hashtag relatable. So relatable. A lot of people are in that position and the not knowing Mm. is basically what holds most people back and so to be able to relate to other people who have done it is such um, An expanding opportunity. So,
0: yeah. And so Lindsay and I are going to do some more solo episodes. You guys have been, that's been like the number one feedback that we've gotten is that you want to hear more from Lindsay and I. So we're going to do episodes, she and I together, and then we're going to do episodes just myself and just Lindsay. So Lindsay has her solo episode coming up, which is really exciting. So would love to continue the conversation with you guys on this topic in the secret Facebook group. And let me know what you think. I'm here and, you know, happy and excited to
1: listen. We love you guys. Thank you as always for your support, for your feedback um, and for supporting each other. Yeah. You know, like obviously thanks for your support for us, but it really fills us up to see you all supporting each other. Um, that's how we're going to change the world, babies. Yeah.
0: And people really do the support, um, in the secret Facebook group and then, um, with each other at our events. Uh, so I just wanted to read the review of the week from Mm. you sweet, sweet angels. Um, this is from happy Leo from the UK, Mm. great Britain and Northern Ireland. Um, so thank you so much, sweet honey. And it says life-changing and hilarious five stars. I've never enjoyed a podcast before. But I discovered almost thirty about a month ago, and since then I've been listening as often as I can. I feel like I'm learning, laughing, and spending times with friends. I love, love, love the Facebook group group too. It's such a supportive, like minded community. Thanks, sweet one. Mm,
1: you're right. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Um, you right. right. Enjoy this episode. Connect with us on all socials in the group, Um, and if you are in a city that we are visiting soon, please come and see us on tour. Mm We cannot wait, Um, and you'll meet people at the tour stops that will be your new friends. Promise. So don't be afraid to come alone. All right. We love you. See you later. Enjoy later. Hello.
0: Hi guys. How's it going? This is kind of. Weird for me. It's just you and me today, baby. It's just us two or us three, whoever you're hanging out with. I'm so glad you're here. It's Krista. Of almost thirty podcasts, it feels weird to not be with Lindsay right now, but um, I wanted to just get you alone and answer one of the questions that I keep getting via DMs, and I keep getting in the secret Facebook group uh, for the past couple months now. So this has been something that's been a long time coming, and I promised I would answer it in full detail with you when we've been chatting on Instagram or Facebook or any of the places, even in person. People have been asking about it, so. Wanted to talk to you about My career trajectory. So I want to talk about how I got to this place with almost 30 podcasts About quitting my job, which I did a few weeks ago quitting my corporate nine-to-five job and Everything that's really brought me to this place and everything that i've learned or learned along the way So this is going to be a little bit different than our other episodes. It's a solo episode with me. Like I said, it's going to be a personal reflection in my journey. It's pretty much off the cuff. I kind of wrote down a few notes a few minutes ago, just so I'd remember to um, talk on certain points about different parts of my career for you that are important or relevant or that I think would help you. But really, this is meant to um, shed a little light into what's been happening with me since we started Almost 30 Podcasts, what happened with me before, and for anyone that's feeling lost or feeling like they know that they are made for something bigger, that it's possible. Yeah, and I just love you guys, and I really wanted to make sure that I was really, really thoughtful in my answer to you and that I was giving you as much information as possible. And I actually asked... Um, Lindsay, if I could just do this alone with just me and you, because I um, have a tendency if someone that I know that is very close to me is listening or they are um, in the conversation with me. So for an example, if Lindsay was on the mic, uh, because she's already heard most of my story, I would probably cut a lot out and I'd shorten it because I'm like, oh, she's already heard this or she already knows that. So I wanted to make sure that I wasn't leaving out any details that were important. I don't like to be a person that repeats things. So I didn't want to be repeating anything to her. Um, and I just wanted to keep it super fresh for y'all. Okay. So want to get started with my journey. Um, I think you guys know this, but I'm from Ohio, Buckeye State, O-H-I-O, uh, beautiful Ohio, um, right outside Cincinnati. It's called Mason. So, um, from the Midwest, it's a very Midwestern town, very suburban, um, not very creative, not very live, but it provided me a good place to grow up. So I think that's what a lot of people say when they're being very PC, but that's my experience throughout high school. I guess just as a a little note, I never really knew what I wanted to do. I was kind of always changing, always growing. Like one year I'd be, wearing pencil skirts and I'd be like starting a hundred clubs and the next year I'd be like smoking weed and the next year I'd be like cheating on my boyfriends. And like, it was just like such an evolutionary period and I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I wanted to be. And at that point I was like so emotional. And I think you guys can relate to this that you really were just so focused on your friends and like your boyfriend at the time. It's like, I guess hormones I hate saying that like when i'm talking about high schoolers because it seems like a fucking perv when i'm like Oh, yeah hormonal high schoolers. It's like disgusting But it really was like all about that Like I was really just focused on the person that I was with I was focused on my friends making sure that today they liked me because you know last week They hated me and we hated another girl that kind of bullshit So there wasn't really much else I was thinking about but I had um, I decided to go to miami of ohio Which is in Ohio too. It's about 45 minutes outside. And my family is like a third generation Miami family. So, because my parents went there, my mom and my dad met there, my aunt went there, my grandma and my grandpa met there, it's kind of like disgusting. I was like, oh, cool, like, have to go here. So, I did. It was great. You know, like, I think like a lot of people, can relate to this, that the first years of college, like freshman year, I think, did everyone want to transfer? Can we like talk about that? I I kind of want to know if like everyone felt like transferring. I think I was just like, okay, I'm going to transfer. I wanted to be closer to my other friends, like da-da-da-da. But then I ended up getting into a sorority. I was actually in a sorority, you guys, Delta Gamma, Anchor, Anchors Away, my sisters. And it was actually pretty dope. Like I met some amazing cool girls that I love that felt like they were on the same page as me. And it really did change things for me by being able to buy friends. <laughs> so I'm just joking, but you know, that's kind of like what it is, but we all felt the same way and we we had a lot of fun. So for my major, I went in, um, not knowing what my major was going to be again, no idea what I'm doing. I was just happy. I got into college. Um, I mean, I was actually a really good student. I had a like a 3.9 GPA or I don't know. I had really actually a really good resume from high school. It was really important for my family to get into a good college. That was kind of like the mentality that they had was like, I didn't even know, think about getting a job out of college because it was so important that I went to a good school. I think for my mom to like tell her friends that. So that was really like the priority for, for them. So I really focused on getting into a good school. So I did that. And then I applied For freshman year actually of college was really really difficult for me. I had um, Some really big shifts happen in my life My grandma passed away who I was very close with I got dumped by my boyfriend who was in high school when I was in college Yes, it's true. I got arrested which was really tight. So (laughs) I Got a little too intoxicated one night was found in the bushes by the police and got arrested uh so that was awesome and then my parents were divorcing at that time and I was moving out of the house that I grew up in as a child there was a lot going on with my family with the relationship with my dad and my mom and myself there was some infidelity happening there was some just really hard things that were going on in my personal life so school wasn't a priority for me. I was actually the lowest i had ever been in my entire life. I didn't get dressed for months and weeks. I lost about 25 pounds. Um, I never would leave my house. And the only conversations I would have with people were when I was crying or when I was um, upset. I was also living at the time with my best friend from high school and we were you know, no longer friends. So I also had a roommate at that time that we was no longer friends with. So it was just a really hard time. So my grades reflected that. And when I applied to get in the School of Communications um, that next year, I didn't get in. So I um, was kind of freaking out. I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. But I applied again. This is like always the thing with me. It's like, I always have to like do things like 100 times. I applied again, was able to get in. And I got into the School of Mass Communications, which is kind of funny because it, it was all about film production. It was all about audio production. It was all about anything to do with media. So not knowing at the time that that would be something that would apply to me now, I look back and I was like, okay, whatever. I got into a school. This is fine. I wanted to be, when I was in college, I wanted to be like Aaron Andrews on ESPN. So I wanted to be a female sportscaster, which is like, I mean, so I wanted to be one. And then I got an internship actually at our local news station and in the sports department. So it was like, and I was actually on TV a little bit. I was like doing everything behind the scenes, blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, I realized I'm like, oh, like boys are actually indoctrinated into sports facts from the time that they're able to speak. And the information that they know about sports is like, in their blood for the most part. I'm talking generally about from the most part about men that I know, men that I was around in the Midwest. So I was like, oh fuck, like there's no way I'm going to be able to like catch up to all this sports knowledge and like actually have a smart conversation with people about sports. So I was like, all right, I, I like can't do that. I don't, I don't know if I'm good at that. And whenever I was on TV, I was really nervous. I was nervous to be on mic. I was nervous to be on TV. It was one of those things, you know, at first where like a camera's put on you and you are just like scared to see. So then, you know, I go through college and there was just, you know, feeling lost, like feeling like no idea what I'm doing, no idea what my purpose is. But I think that's kind of like the, the point. And that's like the most part. And I feel like everyone kind of feels that way. I remember my senior year, I had an interview with this company and it was like literally selling paper, like like the office vibes. And I was like, oh man, this would be like a great job. Like, and, and all, all I did was look at how much money it'd be making. It was like, okay, is it in the city that I want to live in? Which at that time I wanted to be in Chicago. And would it be making like more than $10,000 a year? I'm like, oh, I'm in. Like no no standards at all for like myself. Like, And that is the thing that I actually realized is that there's a programming that I've been working with now that is related to my family and careers. And it is it tells me that I should take whatever I can get. And it tells me that I should be grateful for whatever job offers that come my way, no matter how miserable it should make me or it would make me. And that anyone that is going to give me money, I should be grateful for So I grew up in a household where both of my parents didn't really like what they did. They didn't like their jobs, but it was only to make money. And the more money, the better, really. So I kind of had that programming. So when I was going through my job search, when I first got out of college, it was really like I would take whatever job someone was going to give me. I didn't look at what I was interested in. I didn't consider what my skills were. I didn't really consider anything else but a paycheck into be in Chicago. And I also didn't have anyone helping me. Like I know there's a lot of people and bless them. I'm you know eternally jealous of them, but had parents that would help them get jobs or family members or networks that would support them. And I didn't have that. So I didn't really have anyone that was going to help me out or hook me up with a job. The industries that my parents are in, my dad owns car dealerships and my mom, or he used to, and now he's retired. And my mom was in like the mortgage business. Like I wasn't going to do something related to that. Uh, So I didn't really have a hookup for a job too. I don't know if you guys are like that too. And then I finally got a job offer at a job or a company called CEB. So they were like, really great on the interview really cool i actually crushed the interview with the managing director um and i felt like she really saw me and i felt like she was super supportive of women um i felt like i could be myself and it was a situation where i felt like my personality was a differentiating factor in the interview so that was really really exciting it was making 40k a year so when <laughs> they were like okay so how much money you know would you like to make in your offer and i was like hmm 30000 And they're like, okay, we start at 40. And I'm like, oh, great. Like thinking that was, you know, that's before tax. So I had no idea like how much money you actually take to make living in the city. But it got me to the city. And I was, that's really all I could could hope for. So at this job, um, it was in Like management consulting of of sorts. And I was working as a sales associate underneath a director. And my job was really to set up sales calls. My job was to schedule calls with members. My job was like all sales, all phone, all scheduling, all organization. But really, it was like talking to the CFOs of big companies, which is the chief financial officer or a head of audit or a head of risk so it's actually C level executives and i was like 22 and i had to pitch a lot of them so i had to pitch a lot of them to take a call with the accounting director with the managing director or account director and get on the phone so it was one of those things where it was like now i think back i'm like oh like the confidence that i got as a 22 year old talking to these men who are ma- mostly men are making millions of dollars a year at these companies is like like so applicable to what I'm doing now because I'm talking to these people that are way outside of my pay grade. You know, the people that we talk to and have on the podcast are like fucking badass geniuses. So having that confidence as a young person and doing that is so applicable to what I do now. So I always like to think back and like take out the positive of the situation and apply it to um, what's going on in my life now. But really in that job, I was there for like mm, three years. Um, I met some of the most, Badass people, like the best people in the world. It was actually like it was just crazy. Like, I mean, it was it was a dream. Like, I met Cassidy, who's like one of the most important people I've ever met in my life, and we got really close. Like, she helped me through a breakup. She helped me through like dating, meeting Justin. Like this girl. So we'd be at work. This was like just when I started to meet when I met Justin. And I had been so long, real quick, this story, side story, I had been so long out of the dating game that, cause I had had a boyfriend for a really long time. And I was like, I would like go to her desk and be like, I'd I'd give her my cell phone and be like, hey, can you lock my cell phone in your desk today? Because I am gonna look at it all day and see if Justin texts me back. Like so obsessed and she'd be like, okay. So she'd take my phone like all day so I wouldn't be like freaking out. And also I'd go up to her desk and be like, how do you like kiss a guy? <laughs> like, no joke. I'd be like, I don't know how to like go in for a kiss. Like, what do you do? Like, and Cassidy was honestly gets the credit for me and her sitting in her cube. And she's like, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to like hug him and kiss, start kissing on the cheek. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and, and that is how Justin and I had our first kiss from Cassidy, my coworker, who told me to start by kissing on the cheek warm it up. I'm like, anyways, so that was just some of the shit. Like I'm at work, but I'm really having conversations, deep conversations with my friends about life. It was also just a really emotional time. I I, I feel like every, <laughs> I just keep talking about these emotions, but like, they were um, and I don't know if you guys have felt that way in your first job but it was just so hard to like Adjust from being with your friends all day at college or having freedom and flexibility Not that i'm saying that I was oh, so happy during college because I actually don't think that I was But you're going to this completely different structure and nine hours a day or eight hours a day felt like fucking forever ever, 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 forever and ever. Amen. To be at a desk, to be sitting there to be behind a computer, to be doing something that you don't really care about. And it was just like such a jarring shift. I remember just like, I would fucking fall asleep in my desk in the first two hours. Like I'd be like, Oh my God, I still have to be here. Like the the time thing. So it was an interesting concept of time, the concept of time that shifts when you go into the corporate world and you're like behind a desk all day. I didn't understand that I should probably get out for a walk once or twice a day, that I should be packing healthy food, that coffee won't help me. So there's a lot of things that I was doing that I learned, you know, throughout my corporate career related to health that I wasn't doing at the beginning of my corporate career that really probably hindered my ability to be successful or feel really good in my job. And I was miserable, you know, And I actually fucking blew up my job, you guys. Like the first year, (laughs) the first year, oh my God. Okay. So I was, (laughs) I sucked. I was working with the most like stern, strict, unemotional account director at the company. Like everyone was scared of him, terrified of him. He was just no bullshit, straight up business, whatever. So I was working with him. I'm like, oh, this dude hates me, like hated me. Period. Didn't like give me anything and I knew it. And so one time I was looking at his calendar because I, one of my jobs was like to schedule meetings on his calendar. There was a meeting invite that was to one of the managers and was like, Krista is really, really green on the phone. She doesn't sound professional. She doesn't know what she's doing. She needs a lot more training than what we've given her. It was <laughs> super savage. But I needed to read it. So I saw it, cried as you do, as you do, you know, when you're that young. But what I did when I read that email was actually scheduled a meeting with him a couple of days later to talk about it in person and just be like, "I'd love to learn more about this. I'd love to learn more about what I could do to be better." And just was like super fucking upfront and super fucking honest and forward about it because that's what felt good to me, and I knew that felt good to him too to just be really honest and really open and just be like, Hey, I like, I'm not gonna, if ever that happened with me at work, when I would see someone, some sort of feedback around me, I'm not going to go around and talk to a manager who's going to talk to them. Like, maybe that's my style, but I'm just going to be really direct about everything that I do. Even when I was younger, I was going to do that. And that kind of conversation and that honesty and that unemotional approach. So this person that I worked with, his name was, um, Eric. What's up, Eric? I doubt you're listening, but really helped me to learn how to remove emotions from a work situation. And as a 22-year-old, 23-year-old, however old I was, it was so important for me to not bring my emotions into a lot of the work conversations that I was having. I'm not saying that it's not important for us to be females and I'm not saying that it's not important for me to be a woman, but for me personally to always be attaching emotion and kind of like an agenda within how I was feeling to conversations it is like the, how, how much further I could get done and how much better of an understanding I could have when I didn't take it personally was like crazy. So we had this conversation And over time, I went from being the best or being the worst. I was the worst on the entire team, bar none. I like was on a plan to being the best, which is, which the reason I know this, guys, is because Eric's LinkedIn says coached one of the members of the team from being the worst to being the best. So his words on his LinkedIn about me being the worst to me being the best. And over time, I just really started to understand how business works. Um, how em- It's like so dumb, but like understanding how to write a professional email, how to um, organize a calendar, how to be in meetings, how to not fucking talk when I'm like at big meetings because I just want to hear my voice, but I'm better actually used listening or taking notes. So there's a lot of learning that a lot of people do in their corporate jobs and for me personally, having this job that although I was unhappy at a lot of times, I was happy at other times with the people that I was working with, what I was learning. I wouldn't, of course, trade it for the world because I really, really needed those business skills, the ability to talk to um, higher level executives, understanding of managing a calendar, of working with a team, all of that kind of stuff still applies. So for everyone that's in corporate jobs, it is important to like remember, like if you are thinking about doing your own thing right now as a side hustle, or in the future, or even just growing in your corporate career, like what you are learning, although it may not be explicitly visible to you right now, it is so important. You know, even the like, I just can't express it enough. Like the little things of, I'll never forget when I first saw an email that Eric wrote. It's like, dear David, I hope this finds you well. I just wanted to circle back on my last note to check in about the strat strategic plan that we discussed previously. I would love to find time to reconnect in the next 2 weeks. Do you have time available on My assistant Krista will schedule the time. Best, Eric. That kind of, you know, like that kind of email like is is foreign To me, what was foreign to me? But now I can take kind of the skills of like structuring an email and apply it to other emails that we have for our business now. So that's what I will say about that, like, importance of that kind of corporate job. So it was like my third year in, and I was really anxious. I was getting to be really unhappy. Um, a lot of people were leaving. So like Eric, people were moving around jobs and I was taking on the job of an account director, but staying in my role. So I wasn't being compensated for it, which was kind of annoying. Um, I'd been promoted like three times. I got the secret and it really changed my life. And I know that sounds so corny, like not surprised. White girl says the secret changed her life. Well, I'm fucking saying it because it fucking did. And it helped me to understand that my thoughts are things, that I can put intentions out to the world, that I can change my life, and that I can really take ownership of my life. And I think that's really, it helped me recognize that in myself. So I was looking for a way out. I was looking for a change during and around that time. I reconnected with Justin. So we had met one time in college four years ago, and then he came to visit Chicago and hit me up. And from the first time that he texted me and the first time that we hung out, I was single at the time, um, I knew he was the one. And as crazy as it sounds, I knew I wanted to be in New York. So even if we were just texting, we were just, you guys, we were just texting from. <sighs> And this will be another story for another day. But October, November, December, January, probably five months. We only texted, like, talk about stressful. But I, was, I wrote him down. I was saying every night before I went to bed, I am receiving Justin as my soulmate. I am receiving Justin as my soulmate. I prayed. I believed. All of these things. So I was in Chicago, and I knew I wanted to be in New York. I knew I needed an out but I was kind of scared to make it. I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know how to quit. I didn't know, you know, how to move. All my best friends were in Chicago. Everyone that I knew and loved was in Chicago, but I knew that there was something that was greater than me than I needed to, to move towards. But as things will have it, I, Wasn't making a move and I wasn't doing anything and I wasn't like making the plans. So the universe will throw you little pebbles And if you don't listen, they'll give you a boulder and that boulder was a um, sexual harassment case that was filed On my behalf by a few of the members of the team Um, so they basically filed it for me Um, they had seen some situations with some of the management at my company that made them uncomfortable that um they felt like I should be, or management should know about. These were things like conversations about the way I dressed, um, conversations that I had in private with this manager that were inappropriate. It was just like a bunch of different situations that were entirely inappropriate that I didn't know were inappropriate because I didn't really know what the corporate world was like and what was inappropriate and what wasn't. So I didn't know that the way that I was feeling or the conversations I'd been having were inappropriate until someone kind of like put a mirror to my face. And the way that it was handled was that there was an upper level management woman that had a conversation with me. And instead of making me feel seen and believing me, she made me feel like I did something wrong and that I should be ashamed. In a way, all I know is I felt like I was inconveniencing her, that I was frustrating her, and that I had done something wrong even though I had never submitted this case in the first place. So it was coming to the point where if I I didn't know if they were going to fire this person, you know, that was done had I done the harassing or what was going to happen and I needed to find a way out. So I finally got I finally got the message. I finally understood I needed to leave. It, it wasn't a good situation. So I did. So I put in my couple weeks and I wanted to do something that would change my life. And that was to go to Patagonia. So I have um I had a family member pass and leave some money that I was lucky to to get. I went to Patagonia for about four weeks with a program called Knowles, it's National Outdoor Leadership School. And I went by myself with a group of 20 people from all around the world. You don't have your phone. You don't have access to the internet. You are packing all of your food and you will have to bring all of your food and you're camping and kayaking up and down the coast. So it was a very different experience than anything that I'd been doing. And it was kind of the change and shift that I really needed. It was there in Patagonia that I learned to meditate. It was there in Patagonia that I learned to be alone. It was there in Patagonia that I... um was able to really learn what spirituality was and learn how to connect with myself. And that was a big um, shift in my life was going there. And it was also actually, as a last thing, a test for Justin and I. So we had been long distance. We hadn't been talking on the phone yet even. And I just left for you know four weeks. We had no contact. So I'll never forget when I took off the plane from Chicago, I stopped in Dallas and then I had to go to Koyeke In Chile, and then I had to take another transport down to uh, Patagonia. I never forget like our last text. I was like, "Oh, this could be the last time we ever talk," you know, because we we weren't official, we weren't for sure, we weren't like we didn't know, you know, we didn't know what was going on, we didn't know what was happening. So, but we made it, you know. I I got back after a month and. We continued talking the first night. The first thing I did was fly to New York and we spent the night together and we hung out, you know? So, I mean, sorry, I'm just like daydreaming now about, about that, it was fucking crazy. But anyways, so I knew I needed to get into New York. So right when I got back from Pat- Patagonia, I don't really have any money saved. I didn't really understand like that you have to save money to quit. Like who, who, thinks, who thinks about that? So I started interviewing and I got a job in New York at a digital media company That I was there at for like 10 months Which was fine like It was kind of like a really male-dominated company and I didn't really like the culture there Um, but I really got by by having people like me. I wasn't really that good at my job People just liked me, but I knew it wasn't really a fit. So I knew I needed to like move on Um from there and I was introduced to a woman that owned her own company that I really connected with. She was amazing. It was based in New York and then also in London and it was basically doing events. So events is something that's a huge part of Almost 30 right now. And all of the skills that I learned at that company I apply to our events now, and there's weird things with events where you have to, you have to think about everything. And I really, really learned that. So it's the experience when someone buys a ticket, the experience when they they walk in, being greeted, the temperature, the lighting, the flow, the t- There is so much that I would have never learned if I hadn't worked for this company. So it's another situation where I didn't really understand what I was doing or why I was there until. I'm kind of have connected the dots now in the future. And I think you all can probably relate that once you are at a place in the future, you can kind of connect the dots and see why you were there. And it's important to kind of think about, you know, the reasoning for being at these certain places in these certain jobs and thinking about it in a really positive light, because everything is happening for a reason. You know, it may not make sense um, very clearly now, but I can promise you, you know, that it will And because of this job was in New York and then the company was in London, I was going to London all the time. So I was able to travel. And that was something too with The Secret is I wanted to live in New York with Justin and I wanted to travel. So I manifested, quote unquote, you know, whatever. This, it felt like manifesting to me because it felt like magic that I was traveling to London and I could go to Morocco. I could go to Mallorca. I could go to Spain. I was going to all these different cities and travels like my through line, like travels where I learn the most travels, where I grow the most travels where I most feel like home. So I was able to do that. And that really was the preface or the Genesis, I guess the, the launch for me to start hundred block. Cause I was traveling so much. So everyone was like, how are you traveling so much? Can you talk about guides? Like, where should I go? Blah, blah, blah. So I knew I needed to find an outlet to really put all this information that I was getting from traveling. So this job allowed me to also birth hundred blog, which is my blog that I have that I've had for four years now. And that was like my first like creative project or my first kind of coming out from like a media perspective or like a communication perspective. And I also as a last thing with this job was able to see what it's like to own a small business So this was a small company With a female owner female founder who was amazing and she was one of my really really good friends We were very close But I was also able to see the ups and downs of owning your own business what it's like Things to think about and kind of things that I think about now related to that job of what it's like to have a team or you know, finances, cash flow. There's a lot of different aspects of owning your own business that I would have never thought about because I'd previously been at big companies. And so um, we were in New York at the time, Justin and I, I was working at that company. I started my blog, and then we were like, let's move to LA. We were kind of over New York, loved it so much. It was really important for us. But I felt like I needed more nature. I needed to be outside. And there was something that was calling us both to New York. So it was a mutual decision. We both wanted to do it. It wasn't like one of us pulling the other. Justin quit his job in commercial real estate to teach himself how to code. So Justin's a software engineer. He's a coder. And I was going to work remote with this company in L.A. So we moved. We were in L.A., loving life. I'm working remote. And right when I got to LA, I knew that it wasn't right to be at this job still. And I was like on a kick of entrepreneur podcasts and learning all these things about taking the leap and just doing it and just like waiting for the net and kind of like seeing what would happen. And so I quit. Um, I quit the job and I Was like, I'm going to make 100 blog huge and I'm going to do all of these things. And it's hard to think because I don't want to say it, it wasn't a mistake, but I definitely don't know if I would recommend people quitting without having like. That's solid set of income coming in So what I did is I did ha- I do have money and I I did and I do have money coming in from hundred blog but honey the way that i'm living is not and li- When I say the way that i'm living i'm talking about living in a one-bedroom like apartment And that's not a lot but like living in the big these big cities. It's like I was I, I wasn't spending less spending exactly the same amount as I was making before. So I had like a set sending point that I was at that I wasn't making as much. So I started to serve and I started to nanny and I started to work on my blog full-time, which was like an interesting period of my life of like doing the LA thing, being creative. I mean, I had fun. It It was really great. And at this time is when I was reconnected and met Lindsay. So I am working on my blog, I'm serving, I am nannying, and I am now recording on the floor of a closet with Lindsay for this thing. We are like, who knows? Like, I I don't even know why. I, I fucking love, I live for podcasts. I live for learning. I live for growth. I know you guys do too. And so I knew I wanted to do something and it wasn't because I felt like I wanted to it, I wanted it to be me, or I wanted to hear my voice or anything like that. I just really I love learning like I am feel my best when I'm asking questions, I feel my best when i'm learning, I feel my best when I'm laughing, I feel my best when I'm just communicating in a really thoughtful way, or being my highest self. so me and Lindsay started recording. We were on the floor of our closets for about six months like with a recorder like a janky janky recorder that you see in like 1940s films when it's like detectives and they put it on the table at a diner we were just like yeah so i love tanning beds when i was 20 and like uh we just say crazy stuff like if you go they're actually the episodes are out so like go listen to the first couple episodes and you will like puke you'll laugh so hard we like paid a guy on Fiverr five dollars actually $5 to do our intro. And it's like, welcome to the almost 30 podcast. And we just, we had like no idea, but we're doing this thing. So we're kind of like building this thing, building this thing, building this thing. And at the time I was, because I was serving and because I was nannying, I was doing probably like 50 hours a week of that. And I'm making no money. So that's the thing is like, I, I, like I, I loved to be with kids. Like I fucking love kids and I did like serving. It's fun. Like you're kind of on your feet, but like for how much effort I was putting in, and this is literally 100% no shade because I definitely could have gone to another place as a server and made more money or with a different family and made more money. It is a fucking labor of love. Both of those jobs I've served my whole life, but like I wasn't making enough money for the hours I was putting in and I'm like, Hmm. I, I need to go back to the corporate world. Cause like I make so much more money for the hours I put in. And like, that's just what it is. So during that time, Lindsay I recording, I have all these jobs. I'm job, I'm job searching, dude. I had no joke, nine final round interviews, like nine. I am like, please, I'm to the universe. I'm like, please give me this corporate job. Please give me this corporate job. Please give me this corporate job. And the universe is like, no, 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 no. No, and by sheer fucking will i'm like give me this fucking I, I fucking corporate job I would take anything like I just had like no I was like so like Stressed about money. I was just gonna fucking take anything and I was finally Introduced to the company that I just left which was amazing and I right when I knew like right when I finally had a conversation With them I was like, oh, this is like how it should be and I feel like you guys know how that goes you have all these interviews, and it's like, "Ah, I don't know, but you like are so desperate. you're like, "Oh, I just want it, you know, like, or maybe that's just me." But you're like, "Oh, I just want it." But this is a situation where like I actually connected with the people on a human level. I loved all the people on a human level, and they saw what I was able to do. They saw all my skills, everything like that. And so I felt seen, I felt heard, it was a fit. I was so thankful that I got a job there. And I worked there. I was. It was. I was so grateful, especially too, because I had. Pr- I probably been got it myself in like mm, nine thousand dollars credit card debt. I was literally like doing my thing. I'm like traveling, like spending like normal, and got myself in some credit card debt because I was not making that much money, and I wanted to be able to pay that off. So then I started the job. The job is downtown. It is great. The people are awesome. And we're really building almost 30 at this time. So I was working in this job, building almost 30, and it is just growing like fucking crazy. And I can't even explain it to you how much it is growing. And that is the one question that I get besides like the career path thing and talking about my career is like, how did you grow almost 30 during your job? And I have to say, you guys, the reason that we were able to grow is because I wasn't like focusing on it. And I know that sounds so weird, but because I didn't have the pressure of like, okay, almost 30. Like, honestly, I swear to you, if almost 30 was like as big, then I think I would have fucked it up because I would be like, okay, almost 30 needs to be, just like big magic, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this. I would have probably forced Almost 30 to be making me money in ways that probably wasn't right at the time if I wouldn't have gotten my corporate job. So having my corporate job was essential for the growth of the Almost 30 podcast because we were able to invest in having a studio and having sound equipment and having editors in whatever it is that we needed to do for the podcast, but it gave me that flexibility and took the pressure off took the fucking pressure off. So it's like almost for me and my, I'm like, dude, almost 30. So fun. I'm with my best friend. We're talking and it doesn't matter if it's like going to really grow because I was like, I I have this job too. That's that's supporting me. So this is just a, a labor of love and it's just this labor of creativity. And it's something that we could do in our spare time. But over the course of, you know, the two years that I was at the company, almost 30, just turn into this thing that was like, way, I mean, I just got the chills, way bigger than Lindsay and I could have ever imagined and dreamed. And the, the work that I was doing was not sustainable. So I would have my nine to five job. I was traveling a lot for work and I would work on almost 30 every lunch that I had. In the morning, for at least an hour at night, all weekends, any second that I could, even the blog, I would do the blog, I'd do hundred blog, I would do hundred blog, I would do almost thirty, I would do my job, and people ask all the time how I did it, and I don't know to be honest, I don't know the only thing that I could say is that I would maximize every fucking hour that I could, and this sounds and this isn't like I don't know if this is healthy, so I wouldn't even take this as advice, but like the people at my I work would be like, "Hey, do you guys want to like go to lunch?" And, and And normal people go to lunch with their coworkers, but I was like i that's an hour that I could be doing almost thirty. I'm not gonna go. you know, and I would take that hour for my lunch and work on almost thirty. I would um work on it for two hours before bed. I'd work on it before work. I'd work on it at work sometimes. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like when I have a forty hour job forty hour a week job, I probably was doing the job for like. 30 hours, 25. I, I actually hate saying this because I don't want to, but I wasn't like, I wasn't, this is the thing as I wasn't online shopping. I wasn't, you know, looking at celebrity gossip or whatever people do, you know, people have their different ways to kind of check out of work and take a little break and browse the internet or whatever. But whenever anyone's like browsing the internet on ESPN.com, blah, blah, blah. I was like answering an email for almost 30 or something like that. So throughout the progression of almost 30, it's growing so big. It is like getting to be something that is like so real that I was kind of getting the hit in the past couple months that I needed to to quit. And I would have these conversations with these, you know, you guys, with our listeners and our community. And I'd be like talking to them, you guys via DM or in the group or even at these events. And they'd be asking about you know, my job or anything like that. And, or people I would know would be like, oh, you have a job. I'm like, yeah. And it wasn't that I was ashamed because I'm so grateful and I'm not ashamed. It's that I knew that the Krista that I want to be 24 hours a day is a Krista that is living in alignment with who I am meant to be and who I am meant to be personally is someone that's going to take all the information, all the lessons learned, throughout my career and apply them to creating this thing almost 30 and using my abilities that I've been given by God or universe or source to help bring information and help grow this community that we have each one of you by providing the information from our amazing guests and speakers and hopefully us. So I wasn't going to deny this amazing gift that I had been given and the fact that Lindsay and I from the third month, we're making money from almost 30 podcasts. And I'm just being fucking real. Like, it's not like, like I'm not going to dim the light of the work that we've done because we have built this into something amazing and we are making great money. So once I was making more money with almost 30 than I was in my job, I'm like, and, and people don't believe it. People are like, "Oh, how do you make money? How do you make money from your from the podcast?" And it's almost like makes me laugh. I'm like, "I make money easily because I actually love it. It's in alignment. It's made for me. I'm making an impact on people, whereas at my job, I'd be there for 40 hours a week and I, you know, get a paycheck every 2 weeks and I'd be like, "Oh, man, I fucking struggled for that." Like I sat there and I was m- like I'd be miserable at times and it would be hard cuz I'd be like not fulfilled creatively and not in control of what I was doing. But then it was like almost 30. It's like, I'm serving people. So I'm making money quickly. So when that started to happen and when I talked to everyone at events and I wanted to feel like I was more aligned and like I was living in more of my truth and I was being my complete self, I knew that I had to do something. So I had the conversation, you know, on a Monday after kind of like an, another conversation about um, what I could do better for the job. Because to be honest, I wasn't like I, it was. It was a it was a good thing for me to leave for me, and it was a good thing for that for them as well. Because there is someone that is a better fit that cares more. So that's another thing too when you think about your job. If you're at your job and you don't like it you know, you have to make a change or shift. And after you've tried to make those changes or shift, there's going to be someone that is better fit for that job than you. And that works out for you and that works out for them. And that was a situation that I had where there was someone else that's a better fit for that role that is going to rock it and care and want to show up and want to be meeting all these clients and doing all these things. But that person is not me, unfortunately, but fortunately. So I put in my um, two weeks and to be honest, I've never looked back. I think that what was the most impactful thing for me was that I was making money in alignment with who I'm meant to be. And it is worth the risk for me if there is a risk. It is worth any fear you know, that I have. And I will say it once, I will say it again, having faith in yourself, having faith in the universe that it will support you over any fear that you have or any programming that you've been given Related to, you have to have a job. It has to be corporate. You know, that's the only way that you pay the bills. is so important. So I would take a second to kind of take stock on any programming that you have related to corporate jobs. Be that um, you could only make money if it's painful. You have to work really hard to make a lot of money. You can only make money by someone giving it to you in a paycheck. You can only make money at a company. Instead of, you can make money by doing things that you love. You can make money in alignment with what's best for you and what's best for other people, and you can make money in a way that creates that satisfies your soul. You know, like it's not easy, but like putting in the time and effort to figure out what is going to most fulfill you and your soul is so worth it. And I'm not saying that quitting your job is the best thing for everyone because that is one thing, like you guys, I fucking die for you. Like you are always like, Oh I'm laughing. Cause I just like, it's like so much pressure. Everyone's like, Oh, I quit my job for you. Like, or not for you, but <laughs> not at all. I quit my job because of you guys. Like I, I'm so excited. Like I put in my two weeks of I'm just like, so excited. I want to fucking scream. I'm like, yes. But also I get a little nervous. Cause I'm like, I've like, quit and i've failed quote-unquote and i've quit and i've gotten myself in debt and i quit and I, i was super low like dude i was so depressed for like eight months because i could not get any job because the universe was like you don't want this you don't want this just be patient but i was like no 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 my programming is telling me that i need to have a job i need to make money in the corporate world and i will never be capable of making money doing what I love. So I need to have this job and that's what I got. You know, that's what I forced myself to get. But that's not the case. So, I have rambled. For a long time, I really honestly did not think this would go long and I think this story actually is a story that I've never told before to anyone really. You know, there's parts of it actually that my friends don't know, my family doesn't know, but I wanted to make sure that I'm being super honest with you. That's how we've been from the beginning is the reason we've grown is because of the authenticity that Lindsay and I bring to the table, the vulnerability that we bring to the table, and the fact that I am willing to put it out there and say what's real and what's true to me. And I want you guys to be able to take out any information that you can. And as just a last final thing related to balancing a work and passion and, and side hustle, it's going to take time. So years is how much it took for us to, for this to grow into something that was where I was able to make it my full time. So it's going to take a while. So be ready to put in the work, be ready to get a little bit uncomfortable, be ready to cut out TV, be ready to um, really learn to manage and structure your time and really time block um, to build what you want over time and use that corporate job, like use the money from it, use the time that you maybe have in the afternoon during like a slow time to help build your side hustle or business or build what you love. And as a last caveat, if you fucking love your corporate job, amazing, like fucking praise be and like rock it because there are benefits and there are great things to corporate jobs that I've hopefully covered during this conversation, um, on this podcast. So I am here, I'm here to chat. I'm here for any questions about my journey, any advice that you would like from me. If you know, that is something you'd be called to do. I'm not sure why. Um, but I feel grateful that I'm able to share this with you. And I feel grateful that you guys are so accepting of our stories and you guys are so interested in our stories. It means so much. And I'm hopeful that you found value from this today. So I will see you in the sacred Facebook group where we talk about this stuff all the time, all the time, all the time, I'm on Instagram at 100blog, H-U-N-D-R-E-D blog. And um, just DM me. Happy to talk about anything with you. And I am so grateful. I will
1: see you later. We hope you enjoyed that special solo episode with Crystal Williams. Um, That story is one that has inspired so many people already in our secret Facebook group. So hopefully sharing it with the masses will inspire others who feel pulled to do something that their soul is wanting to do um, to do that. And you have a community here to support you as well. Krista, I'm so proud of you. I love you. All right, guys. So we are on tour, finishing out this leg of the tour. We are off to Portland, Dallas, and Austin next week. So if you haven't gotten your tickets, um, please check those out at almost30podcast.com slash tour. Some of them are sold out. Some of them have a few left. So check that out. Um, we are also going to be in San Diego on October 13th. So please go to our website and check out tickets for that. It's at four moon spots going to be a day retreat the best. And then on October 24th, we have our holy hormones event with, uh, Jess Sukin and her mother, Candice Birch, um, of Your Hormone Health. So we are so excited uh, to be partnering with them. Those episodes did so well. Uh, We know you guys are very interested in hormones and all of the things, so check it out. Almost 30 podcast.com slash tour. We love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. As always, it means the world to us. This is our dream to be connecting with people like you. So please, please, please talk to us, send us messages. We want to hear from you. We love you and we hope to meet you soon.